In this week's episode of The Rad Podcast, Dutch interview special guest Mark Steffens, CEO and chairman of Task Force Dagger, a special operations foundation. Task Force Dagger focuses on helping special operations veterans with reintegration into society and their struggles mentally and physically after serving. Mark also touches on some of the hottest topics today, including our military, current events, and mental health. You're going to want to listen to the entire episode. What do you feel like, um, you know, our soldiers face, you know, when they re-enter into in, in, into civilian life? So, so that's a great question. What do they face? So it, it's different for everybody. Um, there are, you know, everybody deals with those challenges in a different way. I don't know what the recipe is. You know, is it the way you were raised? Is it your genetics? Right here, right now on the Rad Podcast, Explore Well. What's happening, Mark? How you doing? How's everything? Good, man. You got a good beard going today? I trimmed it. <laughs> I don't, I think if I, for the rest of my life, if I continue to try and grow mine out, I think I still wouldn't be able to, to, to get that rich of a beard in there. I've had good. a beard for so long that uh, I've just, I've just decided to keep it. Yeah. I'm not allowed to cut mine goatee off. It's like against the rules in my household. And I tell my wife, I'm like, when you married me, right? I said, when you married me, I had no facial hair. She's like, I don't care. You're leaving the goatee on. She likes it. Yeah. I was like, didn't you think I was handsome when you married me? She's like, yeah, but you're still, you're still leaving it on. Yeah. I shaved mine off once and my wife was like, I don't even know who you are right now. I'm excited to have Mark Steffens here today. And, you know, Mark is, is, you know, one of those guys who not only has served our country and, and, and made a big impact on the freedom for all of us, but then when, you know, he moved on to the rest of his life, there was so much more, right? And he had another mission. He had new things that he wanted to accomplish. And, and you know, Rad Diversified, we support Task Force Dagger. We believe in their mission uh, for our soldiers and our warriors and 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 believe in what they, they do and the impact that they make. And so we have a link actually directly to Task Force Dagger um, on our site. So you guys can go there and, and, and support and give to our soldiers and warriors, but rather than me saying it, Mark, right? I know, you know, I can tell everybody in the world what a, what a badass man you are, but I know you're 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 a humble man, right? And I know for you, it's more about you know the people that you help and the impact that you've been able to make in their lives. So let's just get it started the right way. And hey, let let's let's give thanks to 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 the warriors and soldiers that have made you know so many sacrifices for us. And and but tell people what Task Force Dagger is, what it does, and, and the impact it makes on people's lives. Absolutely. Um, listen, first of all, I just want to tell you and everybody, thank you for giving me, us, the foundation, the time and, and the platform to kind of share with you what we what we do and, and who we do it for. Um, so as as he mentioned, Task Force Dagger Special Operations Foundation, the keywords in their special operations, those are the folks, the community of, of service people that we work with. Um, the foundation's been around since about 2009. I've been involved in it probably since about 2011, um, initially uh, as a volunteer and then um, was asked to be on the board and then a couple years ago uh, asked to be the chairman. So um, I'm honored and privileged to be in the position I'm in and will remain there as long as I'm having an impact. Um, and uh, so to kind of break down what the foundation does, we do three things. 
And, and I say that because I think it's very important. There's a lot of great foundations out there that do wonderful things. But I also think it's very important that what you do, you stay on point, you stay on mission, you have no mission creep. And so we're, we, we're very focused on that. So we do, we do three things. We do, I'll go through and describe uh, the, 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 the pillars or the missions uh, that we do. So the first one is immediate needs. And it is exactly what it sounds like. It's all the one-offs that the, the government, the VA, and a person's insurance doesn't cover. And we work hand-in-hand, -hand, almost on a daily basis, with the United States Special Operations Command. And they have a benevolent organization outreach interface to be able to work with us, and that is the Warrior Care Program. So we work directly with them. We receive requests or needs from them. They're vetted through their command, through the legal process through them, and then we get them. And as a board, we look at them and decide if, if it's within our, our charter to support, and then we execute and support. Um, we, it can be anything from a plane ticket to um, uh, you know, getting childcare, to, and, I, and I'm going to give some examples that I think are important. They're, they're, they're kind of tough, but this is the kind of stuff we deal with. We, we, had a, we had an active duty individual deployed downrange, couldn't get a hold of his wife, and he called and uh, called back to the unit and asked them to do a welfare check. And when they did, unfortunately, uh, she had taken her own life, uh, her kids' lives, and and obviously he was sent immediately back, but there is no provision for the government to help him through this process. And he lived too close to base for them to put him up into a hotel. So we stepped in. So we, we took care of all those things, expenses. We took care of plane tickets for the family, stuff like that, had the house cleaned up after the fact. That's a very extreme example, but that gives you an idea of, of some of those immediate needs that come along that you may not think of. So we do quite a few of those uh, for, for the Special Operations Command. And sometimes we get some direct from the, from the components underneath SOCOM, but we try to really filter those through the headquarters. The next uh, pillar or mission is our soft immediate needs, or I'm sorry, uh, health initiatives. And that is where we, it's a little bit more extensive and we do more with the individual as it relates to things like mental health, TBI, traumatic brain injury, uh, PTS, uh, counseling uh, from a physical standpoint, from injury, stem cell therapies, uh, hyperbaric chamber therapy. So there's, there's a number of those. We have seven pipelines that we've categorized these, these areas in. And we are not a provider, we are a facilitator. So within these pipelines, we've aligned with very reputable providers that can support these needs. And so what our role is, is again, when the insurance, the government and the VA won't cover it, we will step in. And a great example is one of our providers is the Cleveland Clinic. And we do uh, hormone replacement therapy because we have found a lot of times that individuals that go to the VA and or go to their normal doctor can be diagnosed as depressed. Now, I'm not saying this is the case every time, 
but there are many examples where they're misdiagnosed as being depressed when in fact their hormones are out of balance. And once they understand the, the hormone profile and they address that, suddenly a lot of the, 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 the secondary factors and issues that they're facing go away. And so, you know, if, if antidepressants are needed, certainly they should have them, but they're, they're a tough medicine and they're not something that you just jump on and jump off. And so by doing this, we're able to help people manage their health a lot better from, you know, it helps with weight loss uh, all the way through, you know, the, from, from a mental state. So these are the programs um, that, that fall under that category. And we've done to date, I think we've probably supported about 350 people uh, since about uh, two, uh, 2015. And which is quite a few, but but I but I preface that with we aren't even at the peak yet, and we can get into that more, I'm sure, based on some of your questions. But um, you know, we've been at war for 20 years, and we're just now starting to see the effects. Uh, we're not, you know, we as a foundation are actually preparing for uh, an increase in everything that we do, and uh, and I, I'm glad to expand on that uh, in, a, in just a little bit. The last um, pillar or mission that we have program is the rehabilitative adaptive events. That is one of the missions where we're much more hands-on and directly involved with the people we support. Uh, one is called Dagger Dive. And what that is, is an event that occurs down in Key West. We use diving as a medium. They get, they, they, as a family, it's awesome. They get to learn how to dive and all that, but it's not, in a sense, it's a diving trip, but it's not centered around it being a diving trip vacation. It is actually, there's some thought that goes behind the medium of diving, and I'll, and I'll get into that in just a minute, but um, we bring families in, and, and you know, 99% of everything we do as a foundation is family-oriented, so as I describe the health initiative stuff, I can't just fix the veteran, the he or she. I've got to fix the spouse and the kids or nothing gets fixed. So we address everything holistically so that we can actually have an impact and it's not a recurring cyclic problem. Um, but Dagger Dive is amazing. We hold it once a year down in Key West. This last year, I believe we had about 12 families, about 50 participants. And, um, and it's about 10 to 11 days and we, as I mentioned, we use diving as a medium and, and the people that we're getting and that we, we push to and work with the, the special operations command to get pushed here are people that are truly in need at, at a certain point. And so an example is he or she deploys. So they're the alpha, they deploy. The mom or dad that's back has to become the alpha to manage the family, take care of the kids and, and keep the household running without, you know, friction and all that stuff. And when that spouse gets home, now you have two alphas in the house and you probably have about a, you know, a 36 hour day top there uh, before that, that friction starts to manifest itself. And nine times out of 10, that friction is verbal. And, um, and, and, and what, what diving does is it, 
you know, when we take them out, we teach them how to dive, we take them out on a dive boat, we're teaching them a completely different way to communicate. And when you're in the water, obviously hearing and, and, and sound is, is not the same on the surface. So arguing is not the same. So if I take somebody down and I've taught them how to work together as a team, how to communicate by touch and sight, now they're having to completely learn a different method of, of communication, kind of build that family dynamic back heel and fit back in off of the deployment. So it's, it's an amazing experience for them. Um, I've seen it personally for several years and the, the impact is always the same, but it, it, it's, it's, it's powerful. It's very powerful. And I, I'll say at the ending dinner of that event, if, if I could record it, which I can't, and we would never do that, but if I could, I would never have to ask for another donation as long as this foundation existed because the families get up and give their own personal testimony about what this event does for them. And it's, it's very powerful. It's amazing. I, I literally have seen a, a young man, probably 12, 13 years old, stand up and, and talk directly to his father about not wanting to disappoint him in that group because he felt confident enough to do it. And then all the other fathers stepping in to reassure, re reinforce and reassure that, that young man, uh, the courage he had to do that. It's just a quick example, but it's a very powerful thing um, very healing for the families. And I, I, I gotta believe, I think we're the only benevolent organization where we have a benevolent organization, the government and academia all working together, um, towards a common purpose. And, it, and in today's day and age, it's, it's very impactful. And what, what the mission is, we work with the department of POW and MIA accounting agency, DPAA, and the, uh, East Carolina university's marine archeology span department to, seek out, find, locate, recover, and, and repatriate remains from previous conflicts. We've been doing this since about 2017-18, and it's, it's been amazing. So what that's doing for our veteran community is giving them mission, purpose, and focus, because I'm sure you've heard a million times you step away, and you know some people can feel lost. They don't, they don't feel that they matter. They don't feel that they have a purpose. And, you know, what we bring to the table, some very highly skilled individuals that have, you know, honed these skills uh, over a career, and we just apply them to this mission and problem-solving set. And um, in 2018, we went to Saipan. We dove about 200 targets to identify uh, things that they were looking for, but had been lost since World War II, since the Battle of Saipan. And during that trip, we literally found two Hellcat aircraft that had been lost for, you know, 75 plus years. And the following year, we went and we started the excavation process um, and, and the recovery process. Um, and as, as we all know, 2020 and 21 COVID impact that, but we went back this year and we went back to that same site, um, tried to bring back as many of the same folks as we had before and give them the opportunity to try to close this out. But I, I at this point, can't share what it is we specifically found because these individuals are, are granted as they should be the same notif family notification process 
as anybody would be today. And so as DPA looks for these individuals until they can positively identify them, um, no official announcement is made and, and, and the specifics of the case aren't shared. But I can say that we, we were very successful in some of the things that we were able to recover. And now it's up to DPAA to, you know, to, to kind of put the final stamp on it. And once that happens, then obviously, you know, we would be able to talk more about that. But that's just an example of this mission and what it does and the mission purpose focus that it gives these individuals um, and, 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 and helping them through some of the struggles that they may have from a separation. So that, that is, that's a real quick snapshot of our three programs underneath our, our overall mission. And if you guys have any questions about that, please don't hesitate to ask. Well, I think there's a lot of questions, you know, I have as you dive down, I think my mind ran through like 94 different subjects while you're running, running through those things because of how my mind works. And, and I, I, I just find it so, you know, fascinating the work that you guys are doing because there's so many you know, psychological aspects that, you know, people deal with on a daily basis. There's, there's a lot of, lot of changes and there's a lot of dynamics with that. What do you feel like, um, you know, our soldiers face, you know, when they reenter into, in, in, into civilian life? So, so that's a great question. What do they face? So it, it's different for everybody. Um, there are, you know, everybody deals with those challenges in a different way. I don't know what the recipe is. You know, is it the way you were raised? Is it your genetics? I really don't know, but I do know that everybody will handle it differently and, and the individual struggle that somebody may have will be very different as well. And then, you know, again, why we have kind of the diversified program set that we have as far as our, our, our solutions to address them, there's a lot of different angles to go with because even though I may be talking to somebody with TBI or talking to somebody with PTS. So tell everybody what, what TBI, what PTS, I mean, I think a lot of people brain injury and post-traumatic stress, what, what will work for one may not work for another. And sometimes it takes multiple treatments of various types to have a positive impact. And we've seen that. I mean, we, we've been doing some of the things that we've been doing, we've been doing longer than SOCOM has been doing because they didn't have this program in place. And some of the, and actually some of the, the cares that we provide are now becoming institutional within the command, but they started with us or maybe another, another exposure through a different benevolent organization. But it, it was, you know, at that time it was like, it's voodoo. And, you know, we do our due diligence to make sure, you know, there's, there's all kinds of treatments out there to do all kinds of things and you hear everything, but you know, what is, what is standard today, you look back 10 years ago, may not have been considered appropriate or standard. And so we, we've gone through that, but to get back to your question, um, and, and it's funny because me personally, there are things that there are things that I would have looked at people and said, wow, that's, you know, I, I don't get that. I don't understand that. How could that, how could you think that way? Or why would you, why would you react that way? And, and an example of that is, you know, we have, we have a high rate of veteran suicide and, you know, a lot of people 
could look at that as weakness or this, but, you know, since I've been out, and even while I was in, I had to, you know, I had folks that were close to me that, that had committed suicide. I knew them. I knew they weren't weak. I knew what kind of people they were. And so for them to make this choice, because they're problem solvers, I saw them on, on, the, on the field of battle. I, I saw how they fought. So for them to make this decision, they had to feel that this was the only right thing for them to do. And to be in that place, you know, some of it was, I, I'm doing this because, you know, I, I, I think I'm doing the right thing by my family. You know, of course, we're all going to say no to that, but, but they reached a point that they could rationalize that. And so I look at all of that stuff well, very they, differently now. There's so many neurological connections, right, yes. in, 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 our, in our brains, and, and, and they're damaged by lots of different things, and they're damaged by intense moments, right? And, and our yes. soldiers go through more intense moments than someone like me probably can dream of. Right. And, 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 and that might, and they might go through more intense moments in a week than I might go through my entire life. And, that, that, and, that, 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 that's exactly right. And, and, and you said it very well. And, and, you know, TBI is a great example. Um, you know, there's, there's impact TBI where you hit something or you're hit. And then there's, there's like a, a overpressure type of uh, TBI where you're exposed to a, to an explosion, a high explosive IEDs, things like that. Um, and, and you can, you can receive two different types of damage and have TBI on top of TBI and treatments are different and approaches to that are different. And what these treatments, um, some of the treatments that we, we will try to get our folks to is, I mean, and, and I will tell you, since this war, there's been such a high level of education and uh, advancement in these areas, you know, had we known what we know today, for, you know, from World War II, Korea, Vietnam, uh, the difference that would have made for these folks would have been tremendous. Um, and, and a lot of them faced, faced it with, you know, just dealt with it and, and succumbed to it. But, um, but the treatments, um, you know, I, I think the end goal is you reach your, you know, some of the damaged area will never, it's not going to heal, but you can teach your brain to rewire itself and find new neuropathways to connect. And, and so that's what we try to do, or, or you know, that's the goal when it comes to, to TBI. And, and there's a lot to be said for PTS too. Counseling is a big one. Um, we have some amazing counselors that can work with them. Uh, folks and, and really kind of get them to understand and they use different techniques, but it's, it, they're very successful um, in, in how to help a person categorize that information so that they can handle it and deal with it like they would deal with an everyday problem. There's no magic answer here. There's no magic, uh, you know, pill to take, but they, they, they do some incredible work to, to, to help with that. And, uh, and then, you know, and then you, you have some people who have lost limbs or had other types of injuries. And because of that, you get it back into, you know, the, the, the emotional side. So I can, you know, even if I fix the limb or we, we get a prosthetic, we still have to address the emotional side because, you know, that has been affected too, because they don't feel whole or they don't feel, like, you know, they're, they're, they're a contributing member to society like they once were, or they, 
or they 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 feel like their family looks at them differently. You know, I mean, it's you know, their family's certainly not conveying that, but in their own head, they're feeling that. And the, this is feedback I've gotten from a number of well, people. I think that I think that each individual person in the world, right? What's very real to them is is extraordinarily real real to them, right? And I think mm-hmm. lots of times when people are trying to understand people. They they're trying to put themselves in into their shoes, and 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 I kind of get that as as a as one tool or one technique to put someone else in someone's shoes. But the reality is is you can't actually put yourself in someone's shoes. And so, how you may view something from you know your experiences, your environment, your background, your life is not how someone else is viewing experiences background to their life, right? And and you know there's the physical damage, but the mental damage, right? That 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 com, com, combines with the two together, right, can be as real or, 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 or more important because they're dealing with stuff that, that, that you know, like a soldier's in has an arm cut off or blown off or whatever happened, right, is, is it's very obvious to people that something traumatic yes. has happened to them. But a soldier who doesn't have visual signs of, 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 of damage, they, they, it's not obvious to everybody, right? And, and, but they might be going through very similar mental challenges from 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 the experiences that that, that they yeah. that, that has happened to them and so it, it, it just it, it's deep in, in that sense of, of how do you find commonalities to help people while addressing right. the individual challenges at a, the exact same time yeah no i mean i i would i would go as far as say that invisible injuries are are in some ways not in every way but in some ways worse than your visible injuries because at least you, you know, visibly, you can rationalize what state you're in. When you, when your head is not, your emotions are not working the way you, you, you think they should, and, and you're trying to understand it, that is a much more tremendous, you know, if I, if I've lost, lost a leg, I can get a prosthetic and I can work out and I can work my balance. But with your head, unless you get somebody that can really direct you to, to real help, you're floundering. You're, you know, you don't even have a start point. How do I get my hands around this? And especially in this community, I mean, this is a community one that doesn't, that doesn't want to share their problems, uh, won't ask for help. And they're, you know, they're problem solvers. And so their, their first inkling is to try to fix it on their own and, and, and address it that way. And, and, you know, nine times out of 10, they're just going to become more frustrated. And uh, so it's a, it's a heck of a challenge, but I think, I think you, I think you articulated that well. Do you feel like as new generations are coming through, right. And, Mm -hmm. and, and different age groups are coming through and stuff. Do you feel like the challenges with new soldiers coming out today are facing, you know, like for example, people entering in and to our armed forces today or two years ago, right. When COVID hit, you know, or, or today who went through two years of, 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 a, of a pandemic world, right. Might see things very differently four years, six years from now when, when, when they leave, right. Or 10 mm-hmm. years from now when they leave than, than soldiers from 10 years ago, leaving today. Right. Sure. Do, you, do you see like some generational differences? Um, the, the, there always is. Yes. I mean, just, you know, you can see how the military is conforming to that. I mean, you know, and, and, you know, when I came in, you know, we weren't a, a data digital based military, you know, we're, we're leaning towards that. And, 
and really trying to recruit that. So inevitably, yes, you, you, you're always going to have a little bit of difference. Um, but there's but there's something I, I will tell you, this this generation is, is taking a lot of crap. But I, I, I will say this, you know, we've been at war for 20 years and we've not had a draft. And it's not politics. It's not race. It's not religion. Our ranks are filled by everybody. We all bleed red. And for 20 years, we've never had to go to a draft. And that includes this generation of people. And, and even more so when I came in, it was, you know, it was a peacetime military. Uh, we weren't, we weren't at war. These guys and gals are coming in knowing they're going to war. They're going to fight. They're coming in to fight. So there's still something in there that, you know, are, are, are young, not all, but a lot of them are, are, are ready and understand the challenge ahead of them. I think just the, the dynamics around that and how we go about it are different. Um, and, and, you know, and every generation kind of has their thing. That's why we name them. You know, they all have their little signature, uh, uh, nuances, if you will, but um, but but I think I think collectively, and and that's the other thing. When you once they get in the military, I I I think that environment brings people together in in common common areas more than if you were never to be in it and in as, as a group. If that makes sense. In other words, you get in there, and a lot of these things that would make the difference to your question. When you get into the military, you know, the military is here to do one thing. I mean, there's a lot of neat jobs and they, they do a great job of recruiting, but our, our armed forces are here to fight and win wars. And that's it. That is the bottom line. And so, I mean, it's, it's one of the beautiful parts of America, right? Is that, that when you look at that, our country is defended by people who chose to defend it, right? Our country, you know, does the things in the world because our, because, because they chose to, right. And, and you look at, you know, um, you know, Ukraine, China, right? There's there's conscription, right? I think if I'm using that word right, and there's people, you know, forced into the military. They're forced into service, and 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 and, I, and I'm sure there's you know there is some good of that when every citizen knows what it's like to serve your country, right? But also, I think you know one of the reasons America is amazing is because like I grew up knowing that my older brother Brent, right, went out and sacrificed and fought, right, for 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 me to have freedom, freedom. And, and I didn't go the military route like my brothers did. But at the same time, I took a responsibility with that to say, I'm going to use that freedom. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to live, live that freedom. And, and, and even as a, as a person who wasn't in the military, you know, it sounds crazy, but, but, you know, there's, there's a slight amount to guilt to that. If, if you're, if you're an American and, and you have certain beliefs, right. And as I got older, I said, that's kind of crazy to, to have guilt about that because this does, didn't serve anything for me. Right. And, and so, you know, but I also said, you know, I want to honor, you know, the sacrifices that my brother made, the sacrifices that others made, and I'm going to do more, right, to, to impact or, or help in that way. And I think, it, but as the rest of our country were to take that, that mindset, and, mm -hmm. and, and I, think, I think it would serve our professionals, you know, who, who went, and, and I, I always call our military folks who come, come into the civilian world professionals, because I just think you went and spent four years being a professional soldier and, and doing something that, that, that I can't fathom right i can't understand i can't there's no matter how many you know call of duty video games i play how many movies i watch no matter how many you know you know professionals work in the company you know and, and it's not like they, they don't share war stories but but you know no matter how many i'm around it, it 
I'll, I'll never have an understanding, you know, the true understanding. And, but, but I think if, if America said, we want to make the greatest life possible for those who've sacrificed to go and, 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 and keep us safe and free, I think, I think a lot of our country would, would view certain things a little differently. I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, you know, I've, I've been, I've been asked that question before and service comes in many forms. I know a lot of people kind of think of service as being in the military or a first responder, but I would tell you service comes in many forms. Not everybody's meant to go in the military or be a first responder, but it doesn't mean that you, you don't, you know, join in and become a productive member and, and again, ser you know, ser serve in other ways. And, and, and that's a great point you bring up because, you know, what, what I tell myself when I, when, I, when, you know, it comes up on an anniversary of a buddy I lost, or you see people that have given the ultimate sacrifice and, you know, there's, there's a bit of this survivor's guilt or, you know, you know, how did I get missed and they got hit or, you know, but at the end of the day, it is what it is. You know, you just, you, you can't really rationalize that part, but what you can do is you can be the best version of yourself for them. That's the sacrifice. That is how you, that is how you pay back the sacrifice. That's how you pay homage to what they did is you be the best version of yourself and, and live and, and be productive and, and, and say their name, never forget. And it's, it's a decision about that moment. Like that there's, there's, I think every human being on earth can look at moments in their life that they replay. And, and, and I, I know that, like, I remember, I always believe I should have had a better college baseball career. And, and, and I know that sounds, that's very micro or it, it, it's not nearly as important as someone who went and served, but I always replay that where I thought I should have been better. Right. I thought there were certain things that should have went better for me or should have happened better. Right. thought maybe how I handled things should have been different. And I, and, and there was a time in my life, you know, 15, 20 years ago where I used to replay some of those moments and, and, and I can see, you know, soldiers replaying moments and, and then making a decision about those moments about how they're going to allow that to be what's, what's going to be going forward. And I remember, you know, at one point in time I said, you know, I know I am what I am as an entrepreneur. One of, one of many, many reasons is because I said, I'm never going to let anybody else control my destiny and my future ever again. I'm not going to let anything outside of my individual choices control my destiny and future. And, 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 and certain things I went to replay, but I also just took responsibility, said how I'm going to be going forward. But I also take a look at those moments and say, but from this moment forward, I'm not going to have a moment. I look back and said, I would have done this differently. I would have handled this differently because those moments have already happened. Right. And, and, and there's nothing you can do about a moment that's already happened besides make choices or decisions about how they make you who you are today. Right. And then what's going to help you decide who you're going to be and the actions you're going to take at, as you as you go forward i think everybody i mean i could be wrong but i think everybody has moments they replay 100 percent. i mean you know that's why the the military does aars after action reports i mean you know you can always do better and you you know once the bullet's gone it's it's downrange you're not getting it back but at the same time you can reflect and learn from it that that's that's where a mistake is not valuable we all make mistakes we can all recover we can all learn but if you if you don't learn, then then you lost that opportunity and the value of the mistake, because the, the organization that I served in uh, the, the majority of my adult life, um, you know, we messed up a lot. 
And, and the whole, the whole idea in training is to figure things out and to uh, see what works, what doesn't work. So when it's real, you know, you, you've kind of learned those lessons and you apply them. Don't repeat the mistake, obviously, but it's okay to make a mistake and, and, and pick up and move on. Talk was talking with Brent and we were talking about the business and Brent, Brent's my older brother for people who don't know who was did special operations and, and first introduced me um, to task force dagger and to Mark and, and him and I were having this conversation and, you know, sometimes, you know, my team makes mistakes and I got to go and allow them to make mistakes to learn and grow in the business world. But I think in, in the military world, there's times where you can't afford to allow people to make mistakes um, because a mistake can be a life. And, 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 and I find that the, the, I think there's, I think that's one of the harder integrations I've seen, I think with some, some military professionals into civilian work life, right. Is, is that, that like, there's a different way that mistakes are measured, different mistakes, how mistakes mm -hmm. are handled and, and the, the consequences of, of mistakes. Right. And so, you know, I, I don't know, how do you, how do you guys, how do you view that? Cause you've made the transition, right. From, from that professional life mm -hmm. to being successful, you know, in, in business and, and, and your, your professional career as well, maybe, maybe help, you know, I mean, that's probably a really important subject for people. It, it is. And I mean, you, you just kind of answered why I do what I do. You know, I'm a volunteer for this organization. Um, and, and I absolutely love it. I wouldn't trade it. And, and, I have this philosophy that if we don't take care of our own, nobody else will. And when I got out, there weren't the programs that are available now. There weren't the things that kind of helped you um, navigate that transition. Um, and for me, you know, I had some lessons learned and tried to figure things out. And, you know, um, you know, being a, being a leader on an assault team, and the way I can communicate to my men and how I lead my men is a little different than when I have, when I'm in a company and I've got, you know, folks that work for me from all different walks of life. And, you know, I, I learned real quick that, you know, how I communicate and how I address issues, for example, is very different. Um, but at the end of the day, everything that I learned as a leader, I applied you know, this is a new, the way I approached it, it's a, it's a new mission. I just got to figure it out. I've got to, you know, do my, my, my Intel study. I got to figure it out and, and problem solve because I, th I think, and again, in the special operations community, you know, what you're really hired to do, it's not the guy that's the best shot or the guy that does this or the gal that does that. It's, it's your problem solving abilities on the fly. And, and to your point, you know, we are burdened with um, life and death decisions that happen in the moment. And, you know, it doesn't always work. It doesn't always work out. And, and you have to live with the consequence of that. But, you know, but all those things um, translate into the business world and, and the way I viewed it. And I'm, I'm by no means am I an expert. I'm not, you know, classically trained in business. But my approach was exactly what I just outlined, and I found my way. I've, I've still got a lot to learn, and I'm always open to it. And uh, but you know, I I have I have used that as kind of my model. The other thing that I think that the military uh, kind of looks at a little bit differently than the corporate world. The you know, there's a difference between a leader and a manager. 
And the corporate world sometimes blends those or don't, you know, doesn't really understand the difference. And so to, to have the right person in the right position, are they a leader or are they a manager? Some people can do both. But, you know, those were the things that I kind of used and applied. And, uh, and, and, you know, I've, 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 I think I've done okay. You know, I've, my transition has been, been good. And then, you know, it's allowed me again to be in a position to, you know, do what I do with the foundation. I think some leaders should never be managers, but I don't think there should ever be a manager without some leadership skills and some leadership training um, over, over the years. I think Agreed. for me with the rapid growth we've gone through, right. Uh, there's a book called scaling up, you know, that I read it and it talks about one of the principal reasons that organizations fail when they're growing fast is leadership. And, and having enough leaders and having enough, you know, effective leaders and enough, and enough, and enough, enough trained leaders and, and, but leadership takes, you know, time. I know that there's, there are people born with like leadership traits, leadership characteristics. Some people just have, it's, it's in their DNA, but I also think there's, there's other types of leadership, you know, that are, that are, that are learned. Right. I think like, as I grew up, I think I always worked and wanted to be a leader or I tried to be a leader. Right. But I think I spent a lot of time maybe turning people off, right. Or turning, um, people like, like in high school, I was, I was, I got voted as biggest ego in my high school. Right. And, <laughs> and, and in reality, like my true mission in my heart was right. I wanted to help, right. My fellow athlete or my fellow, fellow student, student person. Right. And, and, and uh, yeah, I was very good at, 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 at a lot of things, but you know, that, that wasn't what I expected. Right. But that was kind of, I think first as, of many, right. In, in my lifetime of thinking, you know, I'm going to go lead, but, but, but obviously wanting to go lead obviously is not necessarily has anything to do with whether you're a leader or not. Right. And, and, and I think, you know, that's, that's kind of fascinating, you know, as I look, look at our organization and where we've gotten to with leadership is, is you know, I think servant leadership is, is something that, you know, I've wanted and, and kind of something I've owned over the years is, 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 you know, be, if you can be a servant to the people that you lead while also knowing you know, there's, there's, there's a time and place for, for, for different actions. Sure. I mean, I, I think, you know, it's, I, maybe, I don't know in the military, I don't know if that's in the corporate world. I know that that's working right. Um, in the military that there's probably times where you can and times where you can't be that, that type of leader. Yeah. I mean, so it's funny. My, I spent the, my entire career in special operations. So in a sense, I, I never I never grew up in the conventional military, and you know, and 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 I've worked with those guys and gals, love them, but it's a it's a different structure than what I was accustomed to, and that you know, if you have the rank, you can dictate, but that doesn't allow for effective communication. That doesn't allow for other things, and I think the people that figure out you know that side of it um, do well when they transition, you know, for me on my team, um, for example, when I, when I was a team leader of an assault team, um, I think we were, we were all the same rank. So rank didn't matter. It, it, you know, so, you know, any one of those people could have picked up and, and, and taken my spot, but, you know, I had to be effective, um, from a completely different level. Um, and, 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 you know, apply their capability to whatever the whatever the mission or whatever the the challenge was in, in front of me or us and and so you know for me it, it, you know communication 
many other personal, interpersonal skills were developed uh, in that environment, I think. And my wife may challenge me on that later. But um, uh, I, I, I really believe that, you know, that helped me quite a bit. It's fascinating because in the corporate world, there's rank, right? And, mm -hmm. and I, think that, I think that's fascinating, you know, and, and title is very important to a lot of people, you know, in, in the corporate world. And, and I think that's, you know, fascinating, you know, where you're in a, you know, an assault team and you have a specific mission, a specific target, specific things you have to go and accomplish and do. And there's no time, right, for, for, for rank in, you know, what this opinion versus that opinion versus, you know, what somebody, you know, ate for dinner last night versus what somebody's religious faith is versus somebody's political views versus this in the, in the, in when you're accomplishing mission, you know, and I think that's fascinating because we battle with all of those things, right? Sure. In a, in, a, in a corporate environment, you know, on any given, you know, day, you know, people have, you know, all of these conversations going on and, and, and you guys are in a moment where you don't have time to separate, you know, mission from, from, from life and, 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 and those. Right. You, 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 you basically you have that? to triage and it's the same in the corporate world. You just may have a little more time, but you, you have to triage what's important in that moment and, and deal with that. What, you know, what, what is going to achieve mission success and, and, you know, what is, you know, in, in the case of the military mission success and bringing everybody home in the corporate world, you know, the stress is still there. I mean, I've seen it, I've seen, but you know, how you manage it and, 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 and from, from a leadership position to get people behind you to address whatever it is that, that challenge is, all that is the same. I, 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 I would just say, you know, one of the, the, the differences is, you know, the circumstances behind it in the moment, you know, um, the, the, there's an example that for me, and this is just speaking for myself, that, you know, in, in my career, there, there were times when things got real simple and got real, real. And I literally, you literally started looking at life in 30 second increments. Like if I get this next 30 seconds, you know, what am I going to do? If I get another 30 seconds, what am I going to do? Because you, you know, I was in a position, I really thought, you know, this is it. And, it, and, and you really think if I could only have 30 more seconds, I can tell you how simple life gets in that moment. And, and what you focus on versus what, what isn't necessarily important. And, and I know, speaking in, in other corporate settings where I've seen people get upset and kind of focused on the wrong thing, and, and, you know, a simple reminder, hey, guys, you're not being shot at. We're okay. Let's just take a minute and walk through this, talk through this and figure it out. And uh, th those, th but, 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 but I will also concede that stress is stress. And when you're in those moments, whether it be in the corporate side or the military, you still feel it. You still have to address it, that challenge. I was just trying to think to myself what 30 seconds, the next 30 seconds would, would be like. And then I didn't know what to say after that. So, you know, it's kind of fascinating as you think, you know, if you did that exercise, you know, 30 second increments, you know, um, one of our investors once said to me, he said, I did an exercise with my, with my kids. And he said, you know, what, if there was no food at the grocery stores and there's no electricity, 
for the for, for the next 10 days what would you and your what would what would your life what would you and your family's life look like and he made him sit at a kitchen table and go through that exercise and i thought that was pretty cool just because like he was been trying to convince them to you know have a little more preparation a little more security mm-hmm. a little more safety for him and their their family when his sons were in their you know 20s but it was that exercise that actually got them to start thinking in a way that started to kind of change or 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 or, or shift those kind of things when are and i know I'm, I'm add so it's not like those these two thoughts are consecutively going together when 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 our professionals get out right what what are what's the financial life look like for them like what are the different decisions what are the different things they're facing because that you know for 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 civilian you know our highest level of stress for most civilians i think you know money obviously is one of the big ones Mm -hmm. and you know i think mental health if they're if they're fighting or you know forcing with mental health relationships right you know, those are some of those are some of the biggest ones, right? I mean, people get you know mad about what somebody else says or what somebody else does, but those aren't real, and and to the point of 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 you know, but but when it comes to those things, so what's that money or that financial part look that, like that, for a professional that, as they come out? That's a great question. Um, so I mean, obviously, you know, people get out at different stages. You know, they 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 separate from the military after you know, three, four, five years, some people retire out, some people are medically retired out, some people retire as a general officer, some retire as a lower enlisted. So, you know, from that standpoint, what you walk out with is your start point, and it's different for everybody. So with that, as you can imagine, there are challenges, and kind of focusing on your 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 lower enlisted or or your your not general officers um you know th- there are challenges i i will tell you in this it, i mean this blows me away or astonishes me that that probably our e5s e4s with families in our military in many cases are below the poverty line serving our country and they're and they're below the poverty line and that's you know how is that even possible so right off the bat, you know, they're living paycheck to paycheck. They're doing that, you know, that, that thing that y- y- your brother may have shared with you. I mean, we've always made jokes about it down on Yakin Road at Fort Bragg. You know, guys would go down and pawn their stuff. And then, uh, you know, right after an, uh, an inspection and, uh, you know, hopefully have enough money at the end of the month to go get their stuff back. And it's a vicious cycle. And uh, so there's a lot of challenges there. Um, well, when you're young, you're going to be stupid with money regardless. No, hundred percent. Like, like, uh, no, not even. Right. You know, on top of pop of not having a lot of money, you're going to be stupid with it regardless. Sure. No, hundred percent. Your focus, your focus at that point is very different than it is as you mature and and get a family and 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 kind of settle a little bit. But but you know, they they have challenges and and you know, education. You know, the, I you know unless they seek it out themselves, really don't get it. I will tell you, you know, and to dovetail into that question, you know, it's like a lot of our donors for this organization are, a lot of them come from the veteran community. So it's, you know, it's the veteran community giving back to the veteran community. And, you know, one of the things that I'm trying to do, and this is a little outside your question, but I think it'll come back, is 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 educating the rest of us, other folks, 
about the greater community, if you will, about what we do specifically, but in general, you know, our, our veterans and our soft veterans in need. And, and the other point you made about, unless you, you know, it's hard to understand unless you've walked in so many shoes or, you know, have shared an experience to really understand it. But, but that doesn't alleviate the challenge of me trying to communicate that to people who don't understand and finding a way to make that connection. You know, my, my background, I'm, I'm so uncomfortable talking about what I used to do and, you know, and all that stuff, but I've come to peace with, I'll share enough. If, if I can make a connection to somebody that can help us help our folks, then I'll, then I'll, you know, I'll do it because it's that important to me to try to find a way to, to share it and then get it about these challenges because if you're not if you're not faced with these challenges you know it's it's you know it's it's hard some and I'm guilty of that you know if I'm not you know I'm not homeless uh can I appreciate it absolutely have I seen it downrange absolutely but I'm not homeless so it's hard for me to wrap my head about every challenge a homeless person might have but you find a way to communicate it the best you can and you know and that that you know, that gets back to the money when they get out and the challenges. Um, and, and when they're challenged with the, the other things that we talked about, you know, physically, emotionally, mentally, you know, they may not even be able to step out and get a job. So they're completely reliant on whatever it is they had when they stepped out. If you did not retire, you're dependent on the VA system and getting a job or, or disability. I mean, but also, you know, if money is a primary conversation for you, right? You have a family, sure. you have things that are going on, you, you get out, right? If, if 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 money is tight, there's not time to work on on the things you need to work on to process through the things you need to process through. That's right. And time is needed to work work on those things. Like like I know for me as a as an entrepreneur, and and it always blows my mind because I hear like on social, I hear like you know, how hard you have to work and how much time you have to put in and the 10,000 hours and, and all of these different things to be a successful entrepreneur. But I'll, I'll tell you right now that when I have time and I take that time and I, and I, and I use it right to, 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 to focus on my mind, focus on, on me and making me strong. Right. And when I'm strong, work becomes easy. Money becomes easy. Relationships become easy. Things start to fall in place. But if you don't have any money, there's definitely not time right? To work out of the dysfunction, to work out of the disease, right? That you've been, you've been hit with. And, yep. and, 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 and two people can have the exact same impact as they come out with, or the, the trauma they come out with could be completely different symptoms or completely different results after, after the fact. And, and so I don't know, maybe there's something we, you know, they could do, you know, to give soldiers time for that transition more effectively. Well, the, the, yes, Every, everything you said is spot on. Um, and and know, those are all just guesses for me. So no, no, like, no, but, but, but yeah. your, 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 your connection to self and this is exactly the same. I mean, you know, if you, if you don't work on self, it's, a, you know, it, it's, it's just kind of like a spiral. And once you're in that spiral, you know, one problem leads to another problem. So if, if there's not some point you can stop plant your feet and address self and then you know 
and become, you know, work on self and then family and everything else, you, you, you're never ahead. And so, and then again, it compounds the frustration, compounds the, the emotional piece and stuff like that. And so, um, but the military has adopted programs. Um, and, and I will say that the, the soft community, probably better than the conventional side, is has addressed this um, when, when, when people have identified that they're going to separate, in other words, retire or whatever, they're given a period of time prior to the actual separation date to quote unquote, get their fares in order. You know, hopefully everything's captured and you get an accurate rating on, on what it is that you, you have going on. So yeah, they, they do have programs like that. And, and as and long as you make the effort, you go, they haven't always been there. So you have, a, you know, you have segmented people prior to that stuff that have the challenges and they just didn't have the opportunity to attend those things. So, but that leads right back, you know, that's the gap. That's why there's a benevolent organization. That's why there's us, you know, we try to help bridge that, that gap that give them the opportunity to plant their feet, work on self, and then um, you know, hopefully that, that leads to, uh, you know, whatever it is they want to do, whether they want to be an entrepreneur or start a business or work for a, a, a corporation or whatever. And in fact that, you know, I, I, I talked about like what we do and how we have no mission creep. Well, but what, what I will do or what we do do is work with other organizations. So I usually get people at their worst. So I get them, we work with them. And then, and then when, when, when the time is right, it, you know, I try to work with very good organizations and hand them off. And that next step may be, how do I craft a resume or how do I, you know, how do I step into the corporate space? And there are some really good organizations that focus solely on those things. But until you get the front end fixed, you know, that, that it won't matter that, 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 you know, you'll be wasting your time. And, you know, people talk about team and, and again, this is just kind of my, my take on team, um, you can't, unless you are squared away and, 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 you know, like, like when the army brings somebody up through the army and they become a leader, leadership and planning is taught at the very basic level, right out of basic training, right off the bat, right off the bat. So if you don't have a good base, of self and everything's taken care of. You can't be a productive member of the team. So team is family. So you have to take care of self and you have to be a productive self before you can be a productive member in the family. So that's kind of the, you know, that's kind of our approach to that. I used to look at businesses that we would, you know, joint venture with, or we'd work with, or we do strategic, you know, missions with as a company. And I would always look at you know, the principles and I, and I would always look at like, where's, where's like, what's wrong here? What's wrong with this picture? Cause if, if there was things that I saw that were wrong in there, like if their personal lives were a mess, if the other components were there a mess, right. And I knew in this moment, this, whatever business or whatever action we were taking could only be short-term and, 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 and because, because long-term they were going to eat themselves up. And, and, and I knew I couldn't continue, you know, to, to do, do business with them or, or associate in business with them, with them, with them long, long-term. And now as we've gotten bigger over the years, we can more strategically pick people we do business with. And we, you know, as you 
come further down the line. And, but I think kind of what you're saying though, in some ways is there's, there's a lot of generational stuff to, to some of the framework that you've been sharing. And, and this is the thought that was running through my mind is stuff that 15 years ago, you know, they didn't do it so calm right now. now they're doing to, to make an impact, you know, on, on soldiers lives. Right. But those are things that you guys knew about and you understood in 2011 when you joined, right. Task force dagger and, 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 and so I think it's fascinating. I mean, I think it's amazing that they've adopted things that you guys were the only ones doing things mm-hmm. for soldiers before. I think that, that that's a testament to, to the leadership, right? That, that they realize that what an important, you know, issue, issue it is. Oh, I have a question. Yes. How um, long do you spend on veterans that are overly prideful and stubborn? Um, to help themselves before, you know, they take up a great amount of resources that um, could, you know, be more beneficially used? Right. Uh, That's a great question, a tough question. So, you know, internally, we have, you know, we've kind of mapped out what our standards are uh, when it comes to those pipelines that we provide care for. Um, and, and an example, if we, if we sent somebody to a rehab or something and they relapsed, um, you know, I, th- I think to your question, you know, do I, do I send them back? You know, is, is that a good use of that money? Could that money be better used serving somebody else? And some of those are case by cases. Um, what I, in that particular case, what I would not do is send them back to the same treatment. Obviously it didn't work. Um, we would look at other avenues uh, to see if they were successful, but internally we review those things so that we don't go down that path of reoccurring support if, if somebody is not going to, uh, you know, because for a lot of this to be successful, you have to want to be fixed. You have to want to have the help and, you know, you know, we're not here to force people. We're here to educate and get them to see and hopefully, you know, make that personal decision and commitment. But we have, we face that where, you know, we've sent people to different things and, you know, they, they, you know, I don't, I don't know that they, they came out any better on the other end. We didn't walk away from, we actually tried to point them in other directions for other type treatments. Um, to make sure that you know somebody had a hand on them to make sure that they were they were getting some kind of care um but the, you know to answer your question that so we we internally look at that um uh and review it's, i i wouldn't say we have a full-blown medical advisory board but we we have a pretty a pretty good uh advisory board um that reviews some of these cases that aren't just standard things um to see, you know, how would we, how would we address them? I hope that answered your question. Yes. Um, well, I know it's a tough question. <laughs> sure. It's, it's uh, kind of out there. Um, there's no pat answer. Do you provide um, therapy animals for, or, or find organizations to provide animal therapy for some of these veterans? Yes, we, we have done that. We've actually, um, at Fort Bragg, we've worked with 
a couple different uh, entities that uses uh, horses. And uh, um, and the commands actually support this and it's been very effective. Um, uh, as far as therapy with canines, we've, we've not really gone down the canine path outside of getting them um, a service animal or something like that. But, but, you know, we have done, we have done um, the equine stuff with horses. Yes. Um, I ask another one. If you want to ask another one and then we'll, we'll, we'll have some other people ask some questions too. Oh, I want, I don't want to take over. I, you have to ask another one now, otherwise I feel bad for, for, for jumping in. I mean, whatever was there has disappeared. So <laughs> I'm just teasing you when you get a chance to ask another one, feel free to, um, and, and let's kind of dive in. And if there's questions in the chat box, if my team wants to let me know what those are, that would be awesome too. I want to leave, leave just room to, Just to dovetail yeah, into your question, we, we, what we look for are therapies at work. You know, it's not, it's not a, we don't do something because we don't, we've chosen not to do something. If we find something that's effective and repeatable, we will do it. Again, we facilitate. So, you know, we're, we're always open to recommendations. Uh, um, and, and if they fit what we do, we will absolutely um, uh, entertain that. So it's, it's, but, but that's how the, that's how the horse therapy came to us. It was somebody brought it to our attention, asked us if we would look into it. And we did our due diligence and we, we met with the uh, therapists at uh, JSOC and at uh, USASOC and um, basically had a discussion with them to see, you know, because, you know, because when you first look at it, you're like, how, how does this program help? And so having it broken down and then looking at the data from the people that had had received it and, and their feedback, um, you know, made it made it look like it was a very relevant and doable um, uh, 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 therapy. So. Very cool. Very cool. Um, anybody else would love to unmute themselves and ask Mark a question or me too, but he's the superstar here. So I'm, 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 I'm getting to interview, getting to interview him. So it's pretty cool. So Mark, with all the things you've seen in your life, right. With current events that are going on in the world and stuff. Right. And you know, there's, there's so many ranges of conspiracy theories or different things that people talk about. And we don't need to dive down, you know, th those rabbit holes when you know that there's things going on in the world that, I mean, there's always things, scary things that are happening in the yeah. world. Right. And I think most Americans can't understand, you know, the freedom at what they have to walk down the street and not have to worry about something blowing up, you know, and, and, you know, maybe just kind of share with people like, you know, things, things, you know, how do you balance the two knowing what you know in the world? It's a great question. Um, it can be challenging because, you know, I, I have the experiences I have and to me, they are absolute and they are, you know, that they are the reality that I have experienced. Um, other people haven't experienced those realities. And so, um, you know, saying something or hearing it on the internet or, you know, you know, and, and, and running with it isn't, isn't the same. Um, I, I will say that I have traveled a big chunk of this, this world and, and been, and normally, you know, when I'm sent, it's never to the garden spots um, necessarily. And uh, so you end up seeing some 
you know, the rougher side of, of people, life, societies, countries, the way things are done. And there is no other place I would ever want to be than here. And no matter, you know, no matter the stuff going on, I mean, it's, it's, it's ours to lose. It's, it's delicate. We have to protect it. No question. Uh, there's plenty of, of historical examples out there um, of, of societies uh, coming up and going down and, and, and what, what, what was the cause behind that. But, you know, I, I would hope that, you know, every, everybody in this country would appreciate this country for what it is and no politics, no religion, none of that stuff. Just the fact that you live in a place that it's not perfect but it's way more perfect than a lot of the other places where you really do have a concern about safety, real safety and, and other things happening, uh, being in a position where you you can't protect your family um, and, and, and them being in a situation that would be a real risk. Um, you know, those are, those are daily things, but um, it, it, you know, trying to convey that to people uh, can be a challenge sometimes, you know, because again, unless, unless you've lived it, it's, it's really hard to appreciate that, you know, that's why I talk about that 32nd thing, you know, and unless you've been in that true situation where, you know, this is it, it it's, it's hard to, it's hard to wrap your head around how clear things actually get in that moment. And, and being able to separate what you see on the news and, all that stuff because it is it's it's a challenge you really have to dig to kind of get to the root of things for you to make a clear you know personal judgment and create a educated opinion and unless you're willing to put in that effort and and succumb to the you know the the headlines or whatever it's really hard to convey you know how good we we really have it here and how it can be challenging in some of these other second third world countries that you know wish wish they they could be or have the stability that we have you know delicate's an interesting word with it too right and and you know 2000 and you know one you know we had we had 9-11 and you know our our a lot of americans reality was was you know shaken you know 20 20 20 plus years ago and for me i remember being in college and i remember you know, actually, you know, I was riding a bike and pulled up to to one of my college teammates, you know, front doors, and he's got the TV on, and I'm looking through the window, and I can't get him to answer the door because he's, you know, in, in a deep dive into, you know, what happened that day. And there's been other, obviously, terrorist attacks on America since since 2001, but I don't know that the average American has had one that shook their reality, or 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 hit their reality the way the way that one did because because it happened here. Yeah. And, and, and I, I don't think people realize how delicate that is for us not to have had another, you know, one here, um, to that extent, um, that took life. You know, I know we did have the, the, the pipeline, you know, attack, not that long, long, uh, the electrical grid attack in the Northeast, yeah. not that long ago, which was, was a terrorist attack, you know, on, on us as a country that a lot of people aren't aware of. Right. Um, you know, out there in the world, like, like, 
how delicate is it? I mean, maybe talk a little bit more, how pe- maybe I just, and everything you said, that was the term that like most people can't understand that, that, that piece, that, that, that piece of it. And I have, tra- I have traveled the world and I've seen, you know, things that, that I, you know, I've seen things here in the U S that I can't believe exist in the U S right. and then I've traveled the world. And then I was like, well, it's different. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, here's a great example in the, in the soft community, you know, when you, when you, when you get into special operations, it's not like you took a, a pill and all of a sudden you're a superhero and, you know, you have all these, these hidden abilities. The difference is can be very small. It can be razor thin. And, and that same, that same difference is, is an example of, of, of the greatness of our nation and, and keeping the stability in our country and allowing somebody else to disrupt it. Um, and the, 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 the men and women of our armed forces, our intelligence communities, you know, all the, all the government entities that are put in place to protect our nation, it's not all just military, but they they have been the line in the sand preventing anything catastrophic because trust me when I tell you it's not for them not trying it's just that we have been successful and success sometimes is razor thin probably thinner than most people would want to know well you don't hear about the success right because no, you don't because a fa- don't. failure would be you know human right. life or, 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 or damage here, here, right. here on, on our, but, soil. but, but sometimes success, I mean, in, 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 to your point, but there's a reason sometimes by sharing a success may divulge a capability. Um, and, and, you know, we don't want our adversaries to know exactly how we do what we do to be successful. So sometimes not sharing it, you know, now I'm not saying there are times it would be nice for America to understand from a strategic definition, what is being done so that they can at least appreciate that, you know, just because you're not hearing about something doesn't mean things aren't happening. I mean, right now, we, you know, our conventional forces for the most part are not engaged in combat, but our special operations forces are and have been and haven't stopped since. First in, last out. They're still engaged. They're still fighting in Syria. There's still things going on. You just don't necessarily hear about it. And that is why, you know, I, I keep harping on the special operations community. And, and it's and it's nothing against our greater, our greater military by any means. But the burden, the lift, the heavy lift, the stress, the damage, uh, the miles, the toll is is really the bulk of it is on our special operations community because. They haven't stopped. They have not. I mean, they're they're deployed in hundreds of countries at any one time, doing things, preventing a major conflict from happening. So, you know, when that breaks, that has a big effect. So, you know, we we have to, you know, it has to be managed both active duty and and post-separation. Um, so that, you know, we we don't, we don't allow ourselves to be vulnerable unnecessarily i mean my understanding from 
and the limited understanding I have, right? If it came to a, a like a tactical, you know, action, right? There, there's there's not a force on earth that 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 is in the same playing field of 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 of, of what our special forces operations is, and 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 a lot of the next great battles, right, are going to come from the mind, and and what I mean by is information war, technological war. And 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 that's where the next twenty years or the next five years. It's already started. Is, it's now. It's yeah. it's now, and that's where that's where the the really next phases are are going. And you know, I see you know, and, and the question I'm trying to get to, because I don't want to get in. I, like I, like I see like a propaganda film from China, and I don't want to I don't want to go down a China conversation. I see a propaganda that that Russia inside their country they have propaganda every day you know, that goes out to their, to the people that live in their country, right? There's a way they see Putin, there's a way they see, you know, Ukraine as a bad people, right? And, and to, you know, they try to portray that message to, you know, the Russian, the Russian people, right? And so there's information conversations that are going on every, every single day throughout our, our world, right? Inside our country, there's a mental, political, conversation war that goes on right and 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 so there's there's all of these different things that are going on right and and it's influenced from external sources inside our country and 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 you know how much of that do you think you know is impacting our country and how much of that do you think we should be we should, you know we should be fighting you know that 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 the the world's perception of america americans perceptions of americans in, inside america and those those are two things I think that I see that 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 are definitely being impacted by that inf- information war. Sure, um, I, I think what's important for for individuals to do is to you know I, I referred to it earlier is do your own due diligence. You know, look into things. Don't necessarily take things for face value. You know, find find the facts. It takes an effort these days because you you have to look. It's not readily available and i mean it's no different than you know when when we're we're out there trying to educate you know the 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 community that we serve you know it's it's incredibly important to us to make sure we sift through you know what they may be hearing and what you know what treatments help or what helps And, and it's all about doing your due diligence and you know that that would be that that's i mean to me that is the most powerful tool is is you know not being influenced but look into things for yourself and and whatever your threshold is for saying okay i believe or disbelieve something i think that's what you know what people should do i mean i i do that personally you know so that you know hopefully i'm i'm making a, an informed educated decision and i apply that to, to everything the, cha- the challenge a lot of people i think have mark is they don't have an ability to they don't have discernment right between 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 what's like alan alan pan one of our he's one of our original investors from seven eight years ago where him and i were having a conversation about how i read markets and how i read what's happening economically how i read what's what's going on and and i was talking to alan i said like i'm i've, I've studied economics I've, I've studied how our economies are affected i've studied how real estate's affected i've studied how the stock market's affected but i would say you know i'm Am I, am I okay at that? Yeah, I'm okay at that. I have a general understanding, but what I'm really good at is being able to read between the lines 
of what's being said of where our market's being pushed, where our economy's being pushed, and where the influences are putting pressure, right? On whether it's Bitcoin or or real estate, you know, more recently or or other parts of it, I'm able to read through 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 that information. I think the challenge a lot of people have is they can't decipher on what to believe and what to not to believe and what to understand and what not to understand. If you were to give somebody in like like one two three like, what do you? How can they? How can they decipher because they don't have the same glasses, right? The you know rose colored lenses. They don't have the blinders, you know, on the side, or they don't have the right you know, x-ray vision to, to see through right. those. And I've been trained my whole life to see that in different ways. And, and, and so I see it, but a lot of people, they don't have that component. How would you tell them to see it? Well, I mean, I, I mean, I, I can, I can, I can share what I do and, you know, I don't know that it would work for everybody, but again, I, I go back to that very basic thing I said before, no matter what it is in my life, you know, what I try to do is, is sift through the minutia, find the facts and let me tell you, you know, experience um, will, you know, we say, what's your gut say? Well, your gut says, I think your your gut measure is based on experience. And so the, 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 at the end of it, are you comfortable with something or you're not comfortable with something? And you make your decision on that. And if, if you're not satisfied that you have the information you need, then maybe you need to lean to you know, not being comfortable and not, not, you know, making a said decision. But, you know, for me, that's, again, it's, you know, it's an effort. You know, if it's a topic, I don't know something about, I got to go learn about it. But you, you dig until you, you get to the truth, because, you know, no matter what it is, whether it be the type of care that we provide for our folks, there's a lot of opinions about that care. And, you know, um, and, and like I mentioned before, there's, there's treatments that, that the government were asked to do that the government would not do because they didn't understand it. And, and the, and the, and the civilian sector, the private community were the ones that made it happen and allowed us the ability to, to effectively get those treatments to the people that needed them. And now today, those treatments are standard or some of them have become standard. Here's a, here's a, here's another, just a little side note is, you know, probably 20 years ago in the military, if you said chiropractor or chiropractic medicine, you know, they're not real doctors. That's voodoo. Mm -hmm. You know, that's not real. And, you know, guys were spending their own money going downtown and, you know, getting their joints manipulated so that they could stay in the fight because the government didn't buy into it. Um, when I was on the Kitty Hawk getting ready, right, you know, right after 9-11, um, it was, uh, it was, uh, 19 October. We were going in to start the war. We literally had a doctor on board that ship. Um, and he wasn't a quote unquote chiropractor. He was a joint manipulator and, and they, they had realized how effective that was. And so I, I just share that is, you know, you, you've got to, you've got to, You've got to just look into things, educate yourself, figure it, figure it out and set your own measures. And I think for me to answer your question, you know, is what is, you know, what is that threshold for comfort or not to, to make a, to make a decision and, uh, and, and use that as your, your personal model. And as you get more educated, you know, that, that, that scale may shift, but your approach to it should not. 
I think there's some real good points there. I think that that people have to pay attention to if they're going to be able to see between between the lines of, of different things in the world, right? I think one is effort. Like you have to make an effort. You have to make a decision. You're going to make an effort to understand, you know, that, that you know, I, I think the, the, there's a whole, you know, you see it constantly on, on YouTube videos, the conversations about identity politics and, and, and pronouns and, and, and everything else, right? And, 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 and I think that, that anybody who's struggling with their identity, is, is, it's incredibly important with that struggle. But I think if you go back and look that there's more groups, as in I think every probably professional walking out of the military, maybe not every, but, 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 but a lot of our professionals walking out are struggling with their identity, who they're going to be in this next phase of their life, how, what actions they're going to take in this next phase of their life. Somebody who goes from managing a team of 12 or managing a team of 50 or managing a team of 100 now has to go in and report to somebody. You know, and maybe they reported to somebody before, but now no one reports to them. Now the significant changes and 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 that identity changes. And so, you know, an effort to say, hey, there's more out there than what I know. There's more things going on than what I know. You know, there's there's so many cross conversations that people get lost into that that don't have where they haven't made that effort to understand more. And then number two, I think listen. Like well, one of the things you're talking about is they have to listen. And you have to listen to to both point of views. You have to listen to both point of the conversation. You have to listen to what actions, what what's happening, to these things that are, that are going on, right? And 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 then and then three. At some point in time, you have to make some decisions on the information that that that's being put out there because you also have to start defending, you know, things that aren't reality, right? And what I mean is like like if 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 there's a strong narrative that 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 such and such is the most important topic. In America, right? But it only affects a very small percentage of 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 of, of Americans. Then there's got to be more important topics that we would be paying attention to, and 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 I think you know, and, and maybe I'm losing people a little bit, but the reality is like there's a lot of conversations, distractions that are that are going on constantly in media, constantly with with our with our politicians, where they're not addressing, I think, the most important things that are happening that are daily impacting our lives and 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 you know one of the greatest impacts of our lives here in America is our freedom is 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 you know we hold on to 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 our, our constitutional rights our freedom rights right are so important and those are protected for for specific reasons and and so like for me you know i i always go back to well what are my core values as a person and and so if i said you know one is effort two two is listen three is decision then four for me would be like like I know what my core values are as as a man, right? And 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 my wife knows what her core values are as a woman, and 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 as my you know partner in life, right? And and so like if 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 those first three give me information, right? And 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 I can figure out what the alignment with what my core values are. And if you haven't established your core values, then you you can't know, you can't even use discernment, right? Because you you haven't decided that like here's what I value. I value, you know when people need help, they need help. Or I value, you know, that, that, that my word is my bond, right? I won't, I won't break my word that it's one of the most valuable things to me in the world. And when I see people who break their word, I cannot trust the information that, that, that they're putting out into the world because people are inundated constantly with media, constantly with this information, the ability to discern and put priorities, right? If you said number five, then you got to prioritize, you know, what information, what decisions, what actions you're going to take going over there. Cause it's so easy to get like for me as a businessman, you know, when when my brother Brent and I, you know, he decided to come and join, join, join Rad at join our company, right? And and I'm like, man, 
and I started really thinking about, you know, the priority of, of an impact on, on our veterans an impact on our soldiers impact on our warriors. And I'm like, really, my company's not doing shit to make that impact. You know, we weren't doing anything. And, and I went back and, you know, I look at my values and I look at what's important to me. Right. And one of the most important things about rad is making an impact, right? We make an impact on our team and our people here at rad first, and then we make an impact on our investors and second. Right. And then I said, but what are, what impact is, is our world impact as an organization and a company and what, what, what's our greater mission. But if I didn't, if over the years I hadn't started to build my priorities, build my values, I wouldn't have been ready when I realized that gap was missing for us. Right. And some other gaps, because another one of our big impacts is we, you know, really work towards children, right. Abused, neglected, any, any, you know, child that, that, that isn't being given the opportunities they need to be given, you know, and, and, and those parts of it. So I don't know. I went on a on a banter there there for there for a minute. I you know, Task Force Dagger is we're gonna have all kinds of information for you for anybody who's watched this podcast. So you can go to Task Force Dagger. Mark, my one thing I really want before we wrap this up, right? And 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 I, I'm I'm gonna suck, right? If 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 we don't if I if if you don't have one ready for me, um, because I didn't pre warn you of this, uh, an immediate need, right? What's right now an immediate need that that our tribe, our people, right, could could go to Task Force Dagger right now, right? That we could take care of that that like our tribe's strong, our tribe's powerful, right? I mean, I literally, if if you're on here, you're, you're one of our investors. That means I've made you a lot of money. So take some of that money and go and give it and 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 make an impact, right? Let's take care of one of those immediate needs. And that doesn't mean you got to go take care of the entire immediate need yourself, but you can go and 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 give. Let 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 let's handle one of those, you know, for 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 somebody who needs it. Absolutely. So I have um, on the health initiative side, I have probably three or four uh, veterans that are looking at stem cell treatment. And I believe that their uh, insurance will pay a portion of it. So we're looking at the other portion. I think it's $800 a pop. So I will just say off the top of my head, three times 800, but let me also dovetail in that. So you guys know, because I think it's important, I kind of framed out where we're at today, but where we're going. And, 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 and you know, so you see our vision and, and if it aligns, because, you know, we've done some amazing things. I think over since 2000, 2009 to present, we've probably helped over um, almost 5,000 families. And at the tune of about seven, almost $7 million. And that's everything. And for an organization our size, that's a, that's a pretty, pretty big impact when you look at each individual and what it has done for them. But, you know, having, you know, knowing what my role is in this organization, my role is to grow this organization, but growth for, for us, for, in, in my mind, is not, I'm not trying to create a bureaucracy. In fact, I won't allow that to happen. I just want to be able to do more of what we do and that's it. We stay in our lane and, and, you know, we, we, you know, if we grow internally some, it will only be to manage the load that we have, because as I mentioned before, we have not seen the peak of our veteran community and their needs. We haven't, it, it's, it's coming. And I'm trying to set this organization up along with my fellow board members to be successful and, and to meet that need. 
and and that's growth. So, you know, in five years, I want to be a $5 million a year organization to be able to meet that need. So, you know, I, I, I'm, I just wanted to share that so you guys know we have we are thinking about more than just today we are thinking you know how do we how do we remain effective dependent on as being long-term effective and, and you know when we when we when we help somebody they become part of our tribe part of our family and and we want to build on that and and you know and that's evident in our in the activities that we do we have people that attend events that want to come back and volunteer and give back to the organization and to me if you were ever asked for a review that's the best review you can get so three times 800 for those uh, stem cell, and then you kind of see where our growth path is. Hey, everyone that's on here, right? I know we'll get that. I, I think we'll handle that for you pretty easily with this group. I know that they'll, you know, their hearts and, and, and us as an organization. And if they don't, they don't handle it, then, then we'll handle it at RAD ourselves and, and, and take care of those immediate needs. And what I would say, well, if you're listening to this podcast six months from now, I know we're live right now, Mark, but if somebody's listening to it six months ago, a year from now, there's going to be an immediate need. Right. And, and, and so I would get yourself over, you know, just ask those daggers website if you have if you're a rad person and you use rad's website all the time there's a link on there it's not rad doesn't we're, we're giving we're not there's no you know we don't receive anything because we give to task force dagger right we don't have that on our website because we're trying to get something from it we just have it to make it accessible you know tool for people to be able to go give there'll be a, there'll be you know more um immediate needs right as as, as you go down go down the road um one of the things i would always say is, is if you feel you know um you know i know people tithe in the world right 10 percent of their money you know and i think that's important to people and i always kind of look at my life and I, I put different amounts that i give you know to organizations on on a regular basis if you can you know give something you know on a, on a reoccurring basis i know for if an organization can have a reoccurring regular you know, income, they can forecast, they can predict yes. help, they can, they can go get, get, give help in, in different ways. And, and, you know, I've been able to be a part of some, some really great, you know, nonprofits over the years. And I, I, I tell you from, from, from what I've been able to be a part of, you know, with task force, their missions, right. Their people are right. Their directive is right. They're not wasting money. They're not wasting time. Right. And, 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 and so, you know, if I, if I make a push and I never make pushes on, on, on a podcast ever, but this time I'm, I'm going to make it and tell you guys to get over there, give to them. Um, and, 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 you know, whatever you're comfortable is don't, don't go to a place where it makes you uncomfortable and, and, and well, maybe it should make you uncomfortable. Right. But, uh, at the same time, you know, give, if you're not a person who normally gives, I'll tell you, your life's going to be better when you give. Um, and, and, and karma is actually kind of real, um, in the universe. And then, and people say the more you give, you more you receive. Well, I, I just think you're going to find an extra little one ounce of peace by, by, by doing it. And, and, and maybe, maybe a hundred percent more peace by doing it, but, but go and do it. Right. I, I, I know they're going to make an impact and, and make a difference. So, um, our, our, we're going to make sure internally as a company, we get this podcast out for our people to watch. And I know, um, it'll go out to, to a lot of people worldwide. So, um, thanks bro. It was great. It was a good chat. Thank you. I, and, and if I, if I could just say again, thank you personally and thank your team for, getting this set up and thank you for everybody that attended um i i i you know for me this is so important to to have that platform to maybe get the message out there and and i know i probably didn't answer everybody's questions i'm easy to get a hold of don't hesitate but i would say you know visit our website it really i think breaks down in more detail our missions you can meet 
the board. You can meet all the people on the team and understand their backgrounds and, and where they're coming from. And, and, and again, have a, have a, a real grasp of what this organization is about for our soft community members and their families. And uh, again, I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. I appreciate it. All right, brother. I appreciate you too, man. And it was, it was, I think it were really great conversations today and, and it's very easy um, to, to take for granted what we have and, and what we have is because of, 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 of men and, and, and women that have, have and made sacrifices that I, that I'll never know and understand. Um, but you know, what I know is that I have a special kind of freedom here and, and I, I thank you. And I, and I thank so many others that, that, for that gratitude, the gratitude I have. So thanks brother. And we'll talk soon, man. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the rad podcast, explore wealth. If you would like more information about our guests today, please visit taskforcedagger.org. That's taskforcedagger.org. If you enjoyed this episode of the rad podcast, make sure to leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. The rad podcast is a production of rad diversified, a real estate investment trust. If you would like more information, please visit our website, raddiversified.com. That's R-A-D diversified.com.